For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo, Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. Hey, powerful parents, all you rebels out there. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends. Man, I love to see the numbers go up, up, up on iTunes because it means we're able to inspire more people to have a better marriage and a better parenting experience. Because when your marriage is better, everything else in your life is better. It's true. When you've got a great marriage going on, every other aspect of your life is better. The transverse is also true. When your marriage is in the dumps, every other aspect of your life is in the dumps too. And so we want to inspire people to have a better marriage. Today we've got a great person on the podcast. Kelly Stanley is on. She's got a really interesting book that we have enjoyed a lot called Designed to Pray. And I can't wait for you to hear about it. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash rebel parenting. I always forget some of those things. Slash rebel parenting, free seven day trial. Blinkist does 15 minute summaries of nonfiction books. I'm reading a bunch right now. I just finished Simon Sinek's uh, Start With Why. It's really helped out us here at Rebel Parenting. In fact, I've given that book out seven times since reading the Blinkist summary and I've dig- dug deeper into that book too. It's fantastic. I'd love for you to get involved with that. Blinkist.com, B-L-I-N-K-I-S t.com slash rebel parenting kelly stanley's on the pod today you're going to enjoy her fun mom who wrote this really neat prayer journal that allows you to like draw and do different things that kind of opens up your prayer life i was a little skeptical but when laura and i got the book we started going through it and it was really really fun i can't wait for you to meet her here is kelly stanley on today's edition of rebel parenting Kelly, thanks for coming on the broadcast today. I love the subject of prayer. My mom was the chairman of the National Day of Prayer for 25 years in a row. This morning when I woke up, we're recording this <laughs> early, we watched the National Prayer Breakfast. Um, I'm not gonna make any comments at all on that, but <laughs> I have a praying family and I was so excited when your book came because secretly, I'm just gonna blab it out to the whole world right now, I feel super inadequate in my prayer life. I don't feel like I do it well. I I constantly am telling myself you're doing it wrong and I just feel like I'm stumbling my way through my prayer life. I watch my parents pray and their prayer life and I'm amazed by it. I don't really understand it and I looked at this book and instantly I thought, you know what, when I finish this book, I am gonna have a completely different prayer life. I don't know what it's gonna look like, but I'm excited. I love this book, thank you for writing it. Why did you write it? What was the impetus? I love what you do with it. (laughs) Well, I love it too and I think that what you just said about how you feel sometimes like you don't know how to pray or that there's something, some magic formula we're missing. I think the the biggest surprise since I started publishing books is how many people I have met who have said the same thing. I'm just constantly amazed and and humbled because I'm in the same place. You know, I've written two books on prayer, and I still every day have to sit down and say, "Okay, God, here I am," but I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, so 
Um, I guess for me, my I started seeing the way prayers were answered probably 15 or 20 years ago when I was an adult, and God kind of got hold of me in a different way. And the only thing I can think that differentiates my prayer life from possibly somebody else's is that every time that I'm discouraged, I try again. Hmm. And that's what I would tell anybody, because I don't do it right. But every day I say, all right, here I am again. Tell me what to do. Show me what to do. And, you know, the point of this book, I've written two books on prayer, and this one is a very practical, hands-on, 56 different activities to play with prayer, and it's just because, you know, we have one God and He never changes, but but we change and we, we all have different aspects of our personalities and different things speak to us, and it's just sort of to remind people that we don't have to limit prayer, that God mm-hmm. is unlimited, and mm-hmm. we can come to Him in a million different ways and find Him. We find a different aspect every time, and so my hope for this book is that people when they work through, they'll say, this works for me, this doesn't work for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. But that they'll see that every single time that they come to God, He honors that, in our intention, He honors the desire of our heart to get closer to Him by meeting us there. Mm, I love that. Especially at Rebel Parenting, we are firm believers in just get up and go again when you've missed it or you don't know what you're doing, just mm-hmm. get up and go again. When you decided to do Design to Pray, um, what was the feedback you got from like your circle of friends? I think all of my friends have been so supportive and excited, and it's been kind of fun for me because I've gotten to see God work even through my own writing, which is very humbling because I know that can't be me. (laughs) But it's interesting how most of my close relationships have taught me so much about prayer. Mm -hmm. So for my friends, I think it's been interesting maybe validating for them in some ways because mm. comments that they've made have totally changed the way I've prayed and I'm quick to point to them and <laughs> not myself when I tell somebody to try this and try this and so-and-so said this. So mm. I think that it's been, I mean, the best part about a faith community <laughs> is that we can build each other up and share our experiences and sort of take those um, take what somebody else has learned and experienced and use that to sort of motivate our own experience. Definitely. That's one of our philosophies here. Learning, not knowing. I'm not an expert, but I'm learning every day. And and that's been an interesting one. I love in your bio, it says you're a designer that also writes or maybe a writer that also designs. Um, it's, a, it's kind of a chicken or egg, you know, question, right. but... You know, even with that, I'm thinking, I just can't wait to do this with my kids. To explain to them at 10 and at 5, there's so many ways you can pray. There's so many ways you can worship the Lord. Um, as much as I want to get into that, talk about your design background and your writing background. How did you marry those two together for Design to Pray? It's just such a, a neat marriage of those two skill sets. Thank you. I love everything that I do, but it took me a long time to head in the direction of writing. I started... I grew up with a dad who's a professional watercolorist, so even though we lived in a small town and out in the country, I got to go to art gallery openings and art fairs and Hmm. ask for, you know, original art for birthday presents and things like that. So So awesome. You know, my my Christmas presents were silk screens and, you know, typography books, and it was really (sighs) great, but I watched my dad as an artist 
and I thought, I don't have that, whatever that indefinable thing is that makes him so good at what he does. I don't have this need to create and say something. Hmm. And I can do it all right, but I wanted something more practical. And I was a good student, and I loved math, and I decided that I could marry math and art and become an architect. So hmm. after a year of college, when I discovered that I loved design, but not three three dimensions, a professor steered me towards graphic design. And so that's sort of how I ended up in design. And I've had my own business since my oldest child was three months old. I sort of took a big leap of faith and went out on my own so I could do what I do, but do it at home with her. And what happened, I guess, I mentioned earlier when, when God got hold of me as an adult, I don't really know how else to describe it because I've always always believed and always prayed and I was baptized in fifth or sixth grade and but I wasn't from a family that really went to church and just like with the art you know I could do a painting if somebody wanted me to do a painting but I didn't feel like I had anything I had to say but when God got hold of me all of a sudden I wanted to say things I felt like I had something worth talking about finally Wow! and so I started writing and what's funny, it took me a few years to realize it, but the writing really satisfies the artistic side of me more than any of the art I've mm. ever done. So what, finally I realized it all sort of comes from the same place. It's creativity, and I sort of broadened in my own mind my definition of what I do to be creativity. You know, it mm. may come out in a design or artwork. It may come out in writing. But whatever it is, I think the goal of art is to communicate what you see in a way that somebody else can see it too. And so that's sort of how I look at my writing and how I've approached, how I've sort of let the two come together. It's done it so well. It's, it's just a great marriage in that, you know, as I write, I learn lots of things. And in fact, the interesting one for me is I learn more once I try to read it out loud at the end. I learn a lot about how bad I am at grammar and spelling. Um, <laughs> What was the process for you when you were writing this book? Did you learn things about yourself? You know, did you do it with other people? You know, are these all your ideas? Did you ask people what they do? How did you come up with all these different ideas? I mean, it's so creative, you know. And then let's talk a little bit about the process of the book because you've got six days a week. It starts with one and then two through six, you know, you do different exercises and, and how that grows you in your prayer life. Well, the book, it's really interesting how the book came about. It's clearly an answer to prayer, but not the type of prayer where I was flat on my face for three months begging God for this thing. Um, I wrote a book called Praying Upside Down, and in that book, there, at the end of each chapter, there are prayer palettes, which are practical ways to implement these different artistic ideas that I talk about in the chapter. And so... After that book came out, I was a first-time author, and I knew I had some time until my publisher would, you know, be willing to consider another book. And so I was just kind of, one day I just sort of did one of those prayers, like, okay, God, I feel closer to you when I'm writing. Here are a couple of my ideas. Let me know which way to go. Hmm. It was that simple. And a week later, my agent called, and Tyndale had gotten in touch with her to say that Women of Faith had chosen me and would like me to write a book on prayer, sort of a follow-up to the prayer palettes from Praying Upside Down, and that it was, if I accepted it, or first they described this idea to me, and I was just, I had a friend in the car with me, and she kept looking at me like, are you okay? What is wrong? Because mm -hmm. I just sat there, and my mouth was wide open, because I had told one person this idea for a book that I really, really wanted to do, 
And I thought, there's no way a publisher is going to want to do it. It has artwork. It's complicated. Yeah. You know, all usage rights, all those things. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. So and and let me tell you, from, from a writing standpoint, you're going to hear, oh, no, books like that don't sell. And, oh, it's going to price it out of the price point. And, oh, you can't have designs in there. And, oh, there's too much artwork. And on the list goes and goes and goes. And you're being told by the Lord, nope, I think this is what you're supposed to do. Oh, yeah. Right. And it, it was it was crazy because I just I thought, well, maybe someday I'll figure out a way to do that book. But I didn't even think about it or tell anybody else. And the email that they sent described this idea that was exactly what I had already described to one of my friends. And I was just like, God gave me this on a silver platter, and I've got to write this book. Hmm. And then they said, well, the catch is it's due in eight weeks. Can you write this book in eight weeks? Hmm. And I'm like, well, apparently God thinks I can. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I guess I'll try. So I started with brainstorming just like I would for any of my design projects. I just made, on a, on a side note, my friend Lisa and I used to work at an ad agency together. She was a copywriter and I was an art director. And every time we sat down to work on a project, she's the word person and she would draw pictures and I'm the art person and I made a list of words. And we always started with the other. So I started this book with a list of words, um, just sort of ideas brainstormed for different ways to pray. I had just page after page of single spaced ideas. Um, but then the harder part was sort of figuring out the structure because it was really left to me. And so I had to, you know, I figured out that each week would be a different theme, mm. like, you know, facing your fear or praying like a child. And then each day I wanted to do something different. So I had, if you could have seen my office, I had rows. It was eight weeks of um, topics, you know, and every day for the week across, I had this giant grid of paper on my floor and I'm going, okay, we can't have two coloring pages in the same week. We can't mm. have two writing prompts yeah. in the same week. Okay. And it was like this giant jigsaw puzzle and it was so much fun and so hard. I mean, the hardest thing I've probably ever done, but possibly the most fun. So it was just really, I would love to do more of that because I just think you know, as I said, there's so many aspects of God and so many different things we can learn about him. And sometimes we learn about ourselves because prayer is, you know, it doesn't necessarily change God, but it changes us. Mm. And so some of these help us learn more about ourselves in the process of turning to him, I think. So what do you think for someone just starting out, like a novice, someone who's like, yeah, I want to increase my prayer life. What do you think the value of going through your book um, they would receive? Well, I think the most valuable thing if you're starting out is understanding how broad prayer can be. Mm, our, yeah. In our minds, it's, you know, I'm on my knees beside my bed with my hands clasped, um, and that's prayer. But there's also, you know, you can pray when you're standing in line waiting to, you know, waiting for your food to be finished, or <laughs> you, yeah. you can pray when you're driving to pick up your kids from school, and you can pray... But there's so many different ways that prayer can work. It can be writing. It can be praying somebody else's prayers. It can be standing up with your arms up in the air. It can be, you know, sitting there bowed in reverence. You know, there are so many different things. And I just, what excites me about people who are fairly new to prayer is the idea of letting them see that God is so much bigger than we give him credit for. Mm. And if we open our eyes to seeing him in all these different ways... I think we're going to see him so much more. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting. 
Hey Rebels, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Save the Storks. Save the Storks helps moms with an unplanned pregnancy, and that's my story. I was an unplanned pregnancy. My birth mom was 16 and faced an uphill battle, and a pregnancy resource center in her area helped her carry me all the way to fruition and then helped adopt me into my family. And Save the Storks helps pregnancy resource centers across the country with stork buses providing mobile ultrasound machines where four out of five moms choose life after seeing their baby on an ultrasound and hearing the heartbeat. Over 6,000 babies have been saved on stork buses. Please support Save the Storks with your prayers and visit savethestorks.com to become a monthly sponsor. Join the movement and help us revolutionize the meaning of pro-life. For more information, visit savethestorks.com. Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us? Yeah, the last few years, my prayer life, um, we started homeschooling our children and at, uh, the homeschool we're connected to, um, we memorize prayers. And I, mm-hmm. up until this time of raising children, I'd never, I've been a Christian for about 20 years. I'd never prayed other people's prayers. And so now we're learning these rote prayers from the, right now we're in the 1700s and 1800s. And it's just putting a new, um, I guess a new twist. It's not a new twist. It's an old twist, but just right. <laughs> recognizing there are so many great deep prayers that we can learn and memorize and embed them into our hearts. And then they become our prayers. And I, and I loved how you did mm-hmm. that at the beginning, the children's prayers. That was just beautiful. Right. Right. I think we get sort of stuck in our ruts and if we can, you know, if we always listen to a certain Pandora channel and we switch to a different gospel channel, when we hear different music and different lyrics and different, um, like takes on scripture, you know, different Bible translation or whatever. I just, I think that we can see, it just helps us see differently. It just mm-hmm. removes that little bit, little obstacle that somehow gets in our way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we think there's one way to pray. I remember when I was younger, I remember being a little kid hearing the scripture, pray without ceasing and just thinking, I don't know how to accomplish that. How would you do that all day long? How would you, are you supposed to close your, I mean, cause you have to close your eyes and fold your hands. So how do you do that when you're driving? <laughs> And I, I mean, I had a friend in college that when he would pray, he would close his eyes while driving and we would all start screaming, you know, and oh, literally <laughs> it's, there are so many ways to pray. And when you hear the scripture pray without ceasing, you can start seeing your life as prayer. You can start seeing your interactions as prayer. You can start seeing your facial expressions, the way you smile, the way you hold people's eye contact. You know, if you let somebody cut in front of you in line or in traffic, all those things, you can start living a prayer life, and and I love how all these different exercises bring you through that. Talk a little bit about the structure of the week. You know how you start with day one, and then the exercises, and and what that's hoping to accomplish. All right. Um, I'll also add something about the pray without ceasing. Yeah. yeah. Um, God showed me. Well, I'm getting sidetracked. I'm going a different way. Um, a friend described when I first really got involved and interested in prayer she described it as keeping a radio on in the background and i love thinking of it that way because it's like this direct communication that is always on and if you sort of a running dialogue in my mind and i fail miserably most days at that but um i just love the idea but one day when it was all pretty new to me still i was standing at my ironing board everyone was gone and i was just 
I was sort of aggravated, actually, because a friend of mine who had been in church her whole life had told me about the situation that was going on, and she said, well, I spent two hours last night praying about it, and I really feel a lot of peace right now. Mm. And so I'm sitting there, you know, I'm being all supportive and nodding and smiling when she says that, and then afterwards I'm sitting there ironing, I'm like, God, I don't get it. What do you mean two hours? How do you pray for two hours? (laughs) What can I say? You know, and I was really almost angry, I think. Uh Um, And I felt my oldest was in kindergarten at the time, and I just felt God impressed this idea on me that I know what Katie does at school every day, but I want to hear it in her words. And that really changed the way I approached prayer, because I thought, God already knows. And that was sort of where I was coming from. You already know. What do you want me to tell you? You Why do I have to keep telling you these things? But then I thought, when you get to experience it, you know, I don't need to know who took the snack or what book they read. (laughs) But when she tells me about it, I get to see how she experienced it. And Mm -hmm. so I always think of prayer that way as a way, it's a way of building relationship with God. Letting You know, he knows us, but he wants, wants us to come to him and offer ourselves to him. So that is sort of how I've taken the pray without seizing and made it sort of a manageable thing mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that I, like I said, I fail miserably, but it's. No, we all do, but we're just trying to get a little better each day. I, I love that. I, I, I think of it in the same way, you know, it's just the, whenever something pops into my head, I can just tell the Lord, you know, and I'm better at that than the exercises in the book, but I like the exercises because I'm getting better at those too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So start with day one you know, and and then do a little more of the structure. All right. So there are eight weeks. It's set up as a Bible study that you can do individually or as a group, Mm. but it's really sort of probably initially designed for individual use. But day one is a short essay about a different topic. So it might be facing your fears, how to pray as a child, um, incorporating color into prayer, just different you know, how to pray when dot, 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 you're overwhelmed or you're tired Mm. or Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm. Um, So each week starts with a short intro that just sort of uh, describes the topic and the approach with a few reflection questions. So day one of each week is sort of, let's get this in our mind, let's say this prayer together, and Mm. let's, you know, let's start ruminating on those ideas. Um, And then days two through six are different activities you to do. It might be filling out a pretend Facebook status from your point of view, what's really going on, and then from God's, how would he see the same situation? Or it might be thinking back through the milestones of your faith and who are the people that have influenced you and praying for them. You know, there are all different things, but each one is related to the theme of the week. And then on day seven, um, it's the idea as we just talked about, of praying without seizing. Mm. I hesitated because when I do Bible studies, anything more than about three days a week, I usually don't get finished. Yeah. And so I thought, can I really give somebody seven days of homework? <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you do this to somebody? But then I thought, no, the Bible says to pray without seizing, but it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to mm. be overwhelming. So day seven, I've labeled it each week as a day of rest, and it might be read the scripture and meditate on it. It might be take a walk and pray about how you can help somebody that you know. It might be, you know, here's just a coloring page. Just think about what the scripture means to you. So, you know, the other thing about this, it's set up with a structure, but there's no rule that says you have to finish a week in a week. Mm. So you know, my hope is that people will just take it and 
you know, even if it's picking and choosing the parts that speak to them and throwing away the ones who don't, then I think that's okay. Because I think anytime we make that effort to draw closer to God, he meets us there. Totally. All right. Lastly, I know there are some people that are like, listen, I love it. It's neat. I get the idea. I don't have a creative bone in my body. You know, I have a friend that doesn't have any song he's passionate about. There's not one piece of music that he knows that can bring him to tears or cause emotion. I mean, any I don't understand it in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but I know if I handed him this book, he would look at it and be like, dude, do you have any idea what it's going to look like when I'm done? My two-year-old will do a better job. What do you tell the people that think they're not creative, that are like, I'm not artistic. I'm not going to draw a picture. It's going to be stick figures. I don't want anybody to see it. I'm going to be embarrassed by this. Well, I think the key is that, and I hear that a lot, that God is the one that is creative. He is the ultimate creator. He can make something from nothing, and he can transform and restore and do all of these things. So, you know, I'm sure you've seen, I know I have so many creative answers to prayer, things that you never expected could happen. And then it happens, and you're like, that's exactly right. That's clearly God. Like, no one else could have come up with this crazy answer. And it works, and it's what everybody needed. And, you know, so he's the one that brings the creativity. We don't have to. I think our job is to go to him and say, you know, I don't know how to do this, but I'm open, Mm. and I want to see you, so help me find you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's when we see him. And I think, you know, we haven't really talked about my first book. That wasn't what this was about, but... And praying upside down, it's the idea of learning to see things in a different way. Mm-hmm. So an artist turns an image upside down to copy it, and he or she sees what it really looks like instead of what their mind defi- predefines it and expects it to look like. Mm-hmm. And it's that idea. If we go to God in prayer and say, I don't know how to do this, yeah. but I want to see you, then I think that you know we get to have that opened up to us. And I've seen people's books that I've worked through the study with a group, and Um, had people send me pictures and post them on Instagram. And, Mm -hmm. you know, some of them are beautiful and artistic, and some of them are literally, you know, it says draw a picture, and it's just a bunch of words, you know? And that's okay, because I think the point is we have to discover our own way to find God. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we try these different things, I think we reach Him, because we all have different personalities, and He uses us in a different way. So, you know, your book would not look like my book, would not look like your friend's book. (laughs) So... And I think that's okay. That's kind of my goal is to give people permission to explore and not feel like they failed. Whatever you do is okay because you tried. Yeah. Well, what, can I just ask a personal question? What would be your, um, just in this design to pray book, what would be your number one technique or preference that you uh, fall back on or go to that you like personally? Well, there's not necessarily one exercise but just sort of the overall of try something new you know Mm. try something different but um about a specific exercise there's one that i did that i found i kind of laugh at myself because i'm like wow this is really powerful and i'm not being all hey look at me i'm like wow god Mm -hmm. can use this even this thing that i came up with but especially with all of the turmoil in the world and don't worry this isn't controversial um i had the idea of praying through a newspaper taking a big red sharpie and Mm. writing my prayers on top of the pictures and the stories you know be with this person help this and it was so awesome i Mm -hmm. mean it really overwhelmed me because especially seeing the red letters i think we're so conditioned you know the red letters are god 
and seeing how he would, you know, what you pray, if you take a current event and you back away from it and get out of your own, yeah. own emotions and think, now what can I say to God about this or what would he say about it? You know, it, it becomes, you know, you're not, you see somebody rescuing someone overseas and you're praying, you know, for them and for their family and for being gone and for getting to see this and for compassion. And it just really opens up, I think, the way you pray. And I did this um, right before the election and I was just amazed at how it sort of opened my understanding and made me step back and say, you know, God really is in control. But seeing these words, you know, help her, save her, fix Mm. this, you know, show Mm. me, enlighten me. Um, just really made me feel, you know, not like I had control over it, but it sort of made it feel not so overwhelming. Well, you just convicted me a little bit. I, uh, when <laughs> Ryan and I were um, blessed enough to go back to the inauguration, and one of the, I was just looking mm-hmm. for it, it's in my backpack. I think it's the New York Times. They sh- just did a huge picture of everybody um, that was on the stage during the inaugural event. And I sat there in my head, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to put this on the wall and this will help me because it gave names of everybody. Um, well, at least right. like 25 names of people in our government and how to pray for them. And I'm a big activist of like, hey, don't pray. Don't just stop bashing. Let's pray. Um, right. And so you just spoke to my heart about putting that up on the wall <laughs> so I can have a visual of how to pray for our leaders. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. to those that think they're not creative and <clears throat> maybe you're not, maybe you're right and you're not. My friend Marshall um, the people that follow us on Facebook will know Marshall from our cutting down a tree in the dark with headlamps. And he used to be a... <laughs> That's right. And he used to be a co-host on my broadcast uh, a number of years ago. Um, Marshall is an amazing builder. He builds all kinds of things and it's fantastic. We jokingly call my building Rye Engineering. And my tagline for Rye Engineering is when your life doesn't depend on it. Because my building skills really weren't very good and I just... I knew that about myself. I knew my structures weren't probably going to be sound. And I gotta tell you, I have been reworking the belief systems in my brain. And Laura can tell you, I've started building things and they're really good. Like I'm gonna toot my own horn. I am so much more talented than I thought and it was a belief system. And Maybe the enemy is saying, nope, you're not creative. Nope, you're not artistic. Nope, you're not going to be able to color. All those things because he doesn't want to open up your prayer life. Maybe that's the resistance. I'm saying give it a shot. Man, building your relationship with the Lord can only benefit your life. We so appreciate you being on. We love this book, Kelly. Thanks for writing it and for taking the time to be on our broadcast. I loved being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Kelly. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening, Rebels. We appreciate you. Thanks to Kelly Stanley for coming on here. You can find her book, Designed to Pray, on Amazon and wherever books are found. Thanks also to The Voice of the Martyrs for sponsoring this podcast. Persecution.com is their website. The Voice of the Martyrs has been helping those through resources, funding, Bible study materials for more than 50 years around the, around the world. Those who have been persecuted for our gospel. Persecution.com. Again, thanks to Blinkist. B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash Rebel Parenting for a free seven-day trial. They do 15-minute summaries of non-fiction books. God bless, Rebels. We'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, 
you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting. Rebel Parenting.